Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. <laughs> so, how are you? <laughs> Hello. Oh, Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm just, um, Gigi's asleep. Axel's gone out for a walk with James. I'm enjoying a little bit of peace. Lovely. That sounds what so nice. Basically the same thing as you. I've got an empty house. I was supposed to be doing a Courtney Black in the uh, in the garden and I was all in my active wear ready to go and I basically made myself a really nice cup of coffee then sat down and just did Stacked nothing. <laughs> nothing. I feel, it off. I'm looking at the garden now thinking I've got to get back out there. I'm still sitting in the lycra. It will make me feel better, won't it? Yeah, I, do you know what? That's what I keep concentrating on, especially going out for a run at the moment. It's not so nice. I concentrate on how how I'm going to feel when I get back and yeah. also like pl- I plan different routes now so like I'm like oh like I haven't I don't know I haven't run past that bar before and watched all the people <laughs> having a nice time and drinking <laughs> oh have, and the, do you ever do this on your runs where you um run past people's houses and have a nose in their windows oh of course the best time this is the only positive thing about us going into winter is that when it's slightly darker people have their lights on and their <laughs> curtains open so you can go for a run and basically nose in people's houses you couldn't do that in the summer really if you live in the Brentwood area and you see (laughs) creepy Georgia hanging outside of your house invite her in for a cup of tea she's lovely yeah put me out of my misery (laughs) and how's Axel been getting on at school because a couple of weeks now yeah um he's do you know what he's absolutely fine it doesn't really yeah it doesn't give up much information um doesn't really tell me a lot. I ask him most days if he got in trouble. Most of the time he says yes. And then I say, why, what did you do? It's a secret. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still, glad still the communi- same from last week then. I'm yeah. glad our communication skills are <laughs> really, really, really going well. But you know what? Well, um, my sister-in-law is a primary school teacher. And she said to me, like, um, you know, if any parents are listening to this and you're sort of hitting week two and three of school, she said that is usually when the tears start more. Yeah. Um, mm. It's when the real the realization that they're there every single day, they fit, they're a bit tired. You know, yeah. like going from being at home, especially for us all now, like they've been at home for six months, they've probably not been getting dressed as early, not been sort of as active, I guess. Um, and then yeah, going straight into you know 
around nine till around three every single day it's a lot it's a real lot for them to take on and just know that there might be a few wobbles around this time it's really interesting that you say that actually because I think we had our first one this morning obviously week two of Luna doing nine till three um she did her first full week last week and then this morning when she woke up she was like I don't want to go to school today I want to come and get my nails done <laughs> like that is not what I'm doing let me tell you um so actually yeah there was just we just had a little bit of a wobble at the door and I could just tell that she wanted me to go oh do you know what you can stay here with me and we can hang out and that that's not that wasn't our reality last week so I think maybe your sister-in-law's onto something yeah, I, I mean, I can see it coming as the tiredness kicks in. You know what? Like, it's human nature, isn't it? Like, yeah. as you get tired, your emotions get a bit more heightened. You sort of are a bit less bothered about things. And that's just, I guess that's what we're going to see in our children. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I don't know about you, Zoe, but I'm definitely sort of laying off the after-school activities at the moment. I'm not doing anything. Um, just getting yeah. the, I mean, it's different for me because obviously Luna's not at school school. She's at preschool. So, but, but we're just getting her back here and then it's just... It's just she's so tired when she gets here. Yeah, we're just yeah we're sort of letting him watch TV for a bit. Then like we'll do you know sort of do something with him. But I'm definitely not taking him here, there, and everywhere like I was before. Um, and maybe maybe we'll pick up all of those sort of things after half term or after Christmas. But right now I'm just (laughs) concentrating on him getting through the days. Bless him. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. We um we've had a bit of a shocker because we were hoping that we were going to get three nights away, just me and Doz somewhere, and then we were like, oh, we found this amazing hotel in Greece yeah. uh, and it got put on the uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. on the list so oh. I just think I, I, there's, a, there's a big part of me now that thinks we're just chasing the end of the summer and actually we should just be like you know what if we get a night away in Champneys or some sort of spa hotel somewhere just one night away from the kids that's all I want um, yeah. just the two of us I think oh, that will have to that you know forget Greece it's all about Forest Mere <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. it is you, it would ju- be just as sunny inside I'm sure. I'm sure in the spa. Um, yeah, exactly. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking um, all about play because obviously yes. kids are going back to school over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've had a whole summer of trying to interact with them at home and trying to keep them busy. There's been lots of arguments, lots of tears, lots of, I don't think I can make any more dinosaurs out of Bob Roll. <laughs> um, and, you know, it has definitely been challenging in parts. We get loads of messages about it, actually. Like, how do you actually sit down and play with your child? Yeah. And how do you set up activities for them? I mean, I've been, I I put my hands up some days. I've literally sat Axel in front of the TV for hours, hours mm. and hours just to get things done. And mm. it's not that I want to do that, but sometimes needs must. And I think we'll probably, we've learned in lockdown how to do other bits and pieces with them mm. um, and how to set up activities for them, how to encourage them to play independently. Um, but it's all of that kind of thing that we get asked a lot, don't we, Zoe? You know, how, how do you entertain a one-year-old? How do yeah. you entertain a one-year-old? Um, no, how, how do you teach no them without? How do you teach them letters and numbers without them realizing? How do yeah. you do that? Yeah, yeah, and also just um, things like screen time. We get a lot of questions coming in about screen time. You know, how long is it okay for you to sit your child in front of an iPad for? Should I be feeling guilty about it? You know, um, what are the really great games that they can play with it? So we are doing a whole podcast today um, with a child developmental expert. Her name is Dr. Amanda Gummer. Um, This is in association with Osmo, which we're going to be talking about today as well, which is like a firm favourite in both of our houses now. So I think we should just get into it, shall we, G? Let's go. 
So welcome to Tuesday's episode of the podcast, another really special one today. Um, as you know, George and I are kind of obsessed with all things play, educational play, finding activities for the kids. And obviously, we've been doing a lot of that over lockdown for the last six months. So today, we're going to be speaking to um, a child developmental expert. Her name is Dr. Amanda Gummer. She is also uh, the founder of the website Good Play Guide, which George and I can't stop looking at for ideas. Um, so let's welcome uh, Amanda to the podcast hello nice to meet you oh Awesome. Remotely meet you. <laughs> How are you, Amanda? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah. How's lockdown been for you? I'm mixed. I think is the um the the best way to describe it. I'm really trying to practice all my gratitude and make sure I find lots of things to be grateful for. And there are some things that I um, will miss when things go really back to normal. I'm going to try and keep hold off. Um, I'm loving not having an alarm clock. Um, I'm loving having a bit more time to find, you know, to appreciate the simpler things in life, but I am missing people and yeah, there's, there's, uh, there are definitely ups and downs, but I think, I mean, I think that's partly parenting generally, but I think it's, it's definitely, it's all, everything's been sort of exacerbated a bit with, with lockdown, hasn't it? yeah definitely yeah we've been like on certain days we've been crawling up the walls and other days we've been like we never want it to go back to normal again because you you sort of get into a new norm don't you but I think for the kids it's been particularly challenging I mean definitely for Georgia and Georgia and I our children they were just desperate to get back to school you know that interaction with other kids has been really difficult for them not having it I think it's been hard for um, parents like us who've got really young children because keeping them entertained in the house is tough Absolutely. And I think just as they're starting to, to make those friendships as well, it's really important to give them an opportunity to, to develop those because they're not solid yet, those friendships. And, and young kids, their, their friendships can be a bit fickle. So yeah. um, it's difficult to, to sort of navigate that when they haven't seen each other for, for months. Yeah. Um, and listen, before we get into the chat, can you just tell us a little bit about your background? So I'm a research psychologist specialising in child development, play and parenting. And I've been working with children and families for over 20 years, both doing the research, um, playground manufacturers, toy companies, people make, you know, designing museum experiences, all those kind of things. Um, But also um, running running courses, teaching kids with special needs um, and just generally sort of helping make the world a bit more playful. That's my that's my mission. I love that mission. <laughs> um, do you want to sort of tell us as as parents the importance of playing with our ch- children? So the importance of playing with your children is is huge. The importance of play in itself is is my absolute mantra because I think there are parents out there who feel like it's our job to be our children's entertainer 24/7. Yeah. And while it's absolutely brilliant to play with your children and they learn an awful lot from you, it's also really good for them to play with their friends and play on their own. So that feeling of you needing to provide entertainment and and activities especially sort of educational stuff for them on a, you know, never-ending cycle is is not helpful because actually kids learn a lot of things when you let them play on their own they learn decision making skills they learn their you know to take the initiative they learn about themselves what they like what they don't like what they're good at what they find challenging what they're prepared to persevere at and i think as parents we can sometimes step in a little bit too early when you get yeah. there on board so i think you know playing with your kids is great though because you they you get a chance it's that, that attachment that bonding you know and and being able to 
help them learn from what you know and that's that's the the best way of learning isn't it I think so and I get asked a lot actually how do we encourage our children to play independently because like you said so many of us step in really early you know sit there think that we have to be attached to them showing them what to do all the time um when actually letting them do things on their own is equally as beneficial so how do you encourage them to play by themselves um so the earlier you start the easier it is um and it often tends to be a problem with the first child because you've got that time and you have no other children to mm. to focus on um yeah. when siblings come along a they have a playmate and that's a bit easier um, but also you can't physically be giving all of your children 100 percent of your attention so there's a sort of a kind of needs must thing comes into it but actually if we can take the learnings from that even for the the only children or the the eldest born child and just be um sort of get used to them leaving them in a room or you know if you can um make sure they're safe obviously but if you pop to the loo and you go and put the dinner on and you just you know you pop in and out you don't feel like you sort of have to stay with them and then before you come back into the room just pause at the doorway and see what they're doing and if they are engaged don't kind of muscle straight back in again let them have that time on their own where they're they're just they're just being and exploring and playing and so that they and then reward that and go, oh, look, look what you've done all on your own. How clever, you know, isn't that great? Yeah. And, and it's that kind of thing. And I think with older children, if they're not used to playing on their own, setting them up with something and going, right, well, you is a game to play or whatever. And, and you, you get on with that for a minute. I'm just going to. And, it, you know, if it's something that they know needs doing, getting the dinner or running the hoover around or whatever it is. When they've done that, you come back and then there's lots of positive reinforcement about what they've achieved and how well they've concentrated and, you know, how much fun it was and, you know, well done for doing that. And and, um, and it's the same with the homeworking stuff, you know, during lockdown, parents have been trying to work from home and look after the kids and educate them and stuff. And that's where something like Osmo is great because that you can, the kids can be sort of sat doing that whilst you're doing your work and you've got that kind of, they feel quite grown up because there's some tech involved, but they're able to use their creativity, their imagination. They can get on with some word stuff, um, number stuff. You know, there's all the, the good learning in there, but the kids feel that they aren't being ignored, but they understand that you're getting on with your work. And again, take regular breaks look at what they've done, let them show you what they've achieved and accomplished. And then lots of lots of really nice positive reinforcement on that. And for people listening that haven't heard of Osmo, can you um, kind of explain exactly what it is, why it's important and how it kind of, I guess, improves their, you know, they're looking at, they've obviously got tech involved, like you said, but also it's really creative as well. Yeah, so it's a really clever concept. Um, and it's basically, it's a tech toy but it uses, it combines tech and physical play or physical activities. And so you can have different apps um, to, you know, one that looks at words, one that looks at numbers, one that looks at creativity. Um, and there's sort of little kits, starter kits to, to kind of get kids going on it um, for different ages. But what it does is it helps children sort of embrace tech in a positive way. Yeah. Um, it, scored, it scored 14 out of 15 on our, when we reviewed it for the Good Toy Guide. So, um, you know, it's a really, really well designed well thought out product and i think it's it's that learning through play which is my mantra you know yeah right from the start 
Do you know what I really love about it, actually? And even before we were working with you guys, Axel had seen the adverts on the TV for it and he was re- really, really wanted it. And it was going to be his gift for when he started school. And what I really loved was there's certain things that I wouldn't necessarily know how to teach him. So obviously he knows his shapes and all that kind of stuff. But what I've loved is, you know, where they're building the pictures, like say they've got to build, like I don't know, a butterfly mm-hmm. using all the different shapes. And it's identifying shapes in other objects like I I wouldn't really do that in my day-to-day life with him I do know I teach him a square and a circle and a triangle and all that kind of stuff but when it comes to actually using the shapes to build different objects I think it's so clever how it does those sorts of things that are really hard to do without something like that yeah and and one of the best things is uh, about it is that the kids don't realize they're learning it's that vegetables sort of approach and it's it's so much fun that the kids just don't don't realize all the good stuff that they're getting so yeah no I think um, there's a lot to be said for it and you know just generally playing with your kids in a in a slightly more considered way to hide those learning opportunities in the fun is is what really makes um makes the difference when it comes to playing with your children I mean, there's quite a lot of debate around screen time. We hear it a lot, actually, on Made by Mamas. Loads of messages like, "How long? You know, how often are your children watching TV? How long do you let them have on the iPads?" Obviously, you know, Osmo it, it uses an iPad there. There is elements of tech to it, but it, it doesn't feel like a scary thing to have as part of an educational tool you know I think there's a lot of fear around screen time and you you made a, a point earlier on about the fact that it's actually not the amount of screen time; it's more about what you're doing on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. So we um, advocate a balanced approach to play. So we have this balanced play pyramid where in the same way that you balance your children's nutritional diet, you balance their, their leisure time. And yeah. so you have the sort of the superfoods, which is the active, imaginative, social, child-led play. And then you have the, um, the sort of the sweets and the treats, which are absolutely fine in moderation. And that's solitary, sedentary and passive. The presence of a screen doesn't automatically make something solitary, sedentary and passive because actually, yeah. as Osmo shows, you've got a lot of creativity, you've got learning, you've got educational stuff, you've got stuff you can do with other people. So it can be social, it can be imaginative, it can be creative and it can be educational. So that sort of raises it up the food groups, if you like. So um, for parents, when they ask me how much time kids should spend on an iPad or anything or you know, playing with tech or watching TV or anything like that, it's much more about what they're doing rather than the presence of the screen that I think is the thing to to be mindful of and as long as they are getting plenty of that superfood stuff so the social imaginative creative uh, child-led active play then I think that's you know you you can relax a little bit about some of the screen-based stuff yeah and how about you know are we sort of seeing the effects of too much screen time in our children like are there certain skills that they're lacking in when they maybe get to school age that they didn't years ago and when we talk to teachers about this yes there are Um, there has been um there are social skills absolutely seem to be um people struggle with with social skills and kids um and that they're sort of the self-management skills as well so things like um, confidence and getting yourself dressed and being able to take yourself to the toilet and yeah. those kind of things I think are further behind now than they were a couple of generations ago um, yeah. and I think um, parental anxiety around you know whether the children can read or write or count or you know 
count to 100 in French, whatever it is, you know, that kind of parent syndrome <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Has, has taken the focus away from some of the more basic um, skills that kids learn just through playing. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, and this is this is actually my kind of issue with it all. And and look, Georgia's Georgia's father is a headmaster, so Georgia grew up in a house. She's an only child. Like Georgia has definitely prepared Axel for school starting in September. Like she's done all the stuff this summer. He knows his number. He can write his name. Do all that stuff. Luna, however, who's exactly the same age, she's three weeks younger. Um, I haven't done any of that with her. And I spoke. You know, she doesn't start school until September twenty twenty one. But I spoke to a teacher friend of mine and they were like, you literally need to be able to make sure that they can get dressed by themselves, wipe their yeah. bum, you know, uh, be able to like put their wellies on and interact with other children, you know, yeah. actually have those social skills that they come to school to learn how to read and write. And, you know, if they can identify their colors and things like that, then great, obviously brilliant, fine. But actual like read and writing stuff, that's the school's job. And I yeah. felt the pressure of that. So, uh, yeah, th- there is a lot of pressure being a parent in this, this like 2020 world we're living in. Yeah, no, completely. I think the only, the only caveat I would put on that is that if your children are at all anxious or worried about school, knowing their numbers and feeling like they're, you know, at least keeping up with the rest of the class can help with their confidence. And that's one of the biggest things when they start school is having that confidence to try new things and have a go. So if you have got a little bit of, you know, if you're confident with your letters and you're confident with your numbers, then, and that helps you feel more confident at trying other new things, then yeah. fantastic. But it's, it's about, like you say, it's about the confidence and the softer skills rather than actually, you know, how many they can count up to or, you know, what, what words they can spell. So we're going to be back with our lovely guest just after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. Yeah, it's interesting that you say about the confidence thing, because for me, at the beginning of lockdown having his preschool taken away was that's the thing I was worried about was that um he did you know he didn't know all his phonics yet and he couldn't really write his name properly I was really worried about that because he's the youngest in his year and 
obviously there's loads of things that he'll be slightly behind with and I didn't want him to fob things off if he didn't know it you know like if he was really struggling I didn't want him to just think oh well I can't do it and then that's it so for me it was about building that yeah like you say building the confidence that he recognized the letters he recognized the numbers all of that kind of stuff but actually as lockdown went on and I was talking you know got to know some of the parents that he'd be going to school with and all that kind of stuff what we all had in common that we actually were more worried about the bottom wiping about yeah. the, you know putting their shoes on about when they get dressed for PE will their clothes being all over the place um and it, yeah it's really interesting that no one no one's actually spoken about the letters and the numbers at all like it's not even been a conversation it's been oh gosh I don't know if he's going to pull his trousers down in the playground and start weighing up a tree because that's what he's been doing during lockdown you know like everyone seems to be worried about those things well I think um most of it I think is is you know the, a the teachers will have seen it before so um and a lot of it just makes for funny stories when you, you know you're catching up with your friends and I think there's a from a parenting point of view, I think there is something really refreshing about those conversations where you just go, oh, you'd never guess what my five-year-old did or you never guess what happened to me today. And I think in terms of being authentic and, and, and making mistakes and, you know, your kids need to see you making mistakes as well and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I think getting rid of that pressure to be perfect and accepting that life happens, I think is, is really liberating. And I think it's really yeah. good as well. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree with you, actually, Amanda. Um, I also, I think um, that this is quite interesting, that a lot of us, you know, at, at, when we're kind of born into the world, we have this really lovely freedom around playing and dancing and singing. And it's this kind of expression that we that we use in life to kind of just the joy of being a child, right? And as we get older, it kind of goes away. And then we use that whole play thing. Like, how many times have we said, oh, just go away and play? Just go, go into your playroom and play or just go and get your toys out and play. And it's almost like a negative thing that we throw back to them. Do you, do you find that? Have you heard that as well? Yeah. And I think there's, there's a balance to be had because as I said before, you know, it's, we shouldn't feel like we have to be our, our kids beck and call 24 seven entertainer. Um, so I think the way to handle that is I'm, I'm busy at the moment. Um, but if you go and get something set up, I'll come and play with you when I finish this or, you know, that kind of a, a positive thing rather than like you say, seeing it as a negative, because I think that's what often happens when you're managing screen time. It's like, can you put the screen down? But there's not a, okay, but let's go and build a den or let's go for a picnic or let's go for a scavenger hunt in the park or let's go and, you know, play a game together or something. So I think um, screen time is seen or, and play generally is often seen as a kind of a reward or a treat that is something that gets rationed. Whereas actually I think if it's seen as something that everybody enjoys and wants to do, yeah. Yeah. And try and make time for, I think that's that's definitely the more positive way of looking at it. And I think kind of in the early years, a lot of us struggle maybe with toddlers who tantrum and they play up because they're still learning how to communicate. So what activities can we do with them to kind of encourage speech and communication to ease the frustration? We've all been there, haven't we? When yes. toddlers like, <laughs> their on the right ground now. and you're like, oh God, I don't know what to do. Okay, so there's a few things there. First of all, remind yourself that it's a phase and they will grow out of it. Um, yeah. And then second, so that, that's, that's for your sanity as much as anything. Secondly is, um, 
sort of look for the warning signs. And, and if you catch it early enough, distraction techniques can be really good. So you just take them out of whatever situation it is that's causing them the frustration. And it's it really comes about from a mismatch between things like their cognitive development and their speech. So they know what they want. They just can't make you understand it. Or yeah. they don't have the words or the vocab, or they, you know, they can't reach something they want, or I know. But there's a sort of a mismatch between different areas of their development. So um, I think understanding that and trying to support the areas where they need a bit more help um, yeah. can help as well. Um, so um, things like teaching Makaton, so that they've got a few, you know, if, if they're pre-verbal, then, you know, teaching a few signs. Sorry, what's Makaton? Makaton? What's Makaton? I don't even know what Makaton is. It's the sign language. Oh, it's, right, it's okay. Sign language. It's often used with um, special needs, kids with special needs who are struggling right, okay. with language. Um, but it's, it's a really effective way of giving kids communication without necessarily needing them to be able to pronounce words. So it, it can oh. help with that. So that can relieve some of the frustration. Um, and then, and then yeah, really just accept that sometimes their emotions get the better of them and, you know, make sure they're safe and, and, and leave them to just calm down because it does, you know, it does blow itself out after a while and then, you know, <laughs> give them a big hug and, and just carry on as, as normal. I think the, the worst thing you can do is, is um, kind of fuss and, and, over attend to it because then yeah. you're in danger of making it into a learned attention seeking oh, yeah. behavior yeah i did that with luna when it comes to older kids um who are at school or are at preschool you know five days a week they're you know doing quite long days how do we find that balance between you know letting the learning happen at school or preschool but then still doing something at home without completely knackering them out and overwhelming them. I would let them lead. I think kids are incredibly, um, they spend an awful lot of time being following instructions, being told what to do. And I think when they get home from a day at school, having had to, you know, sit in a particular place and do a particular activity and play with particular friends, or whatever, I think it's really good for them to just have that freedom to just be for, you know, for half an hour or something and just be like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And too much choice can overwhelm young kids. So it could be, you know, do you want to get the Osmo out or do you want to play a jigsaw puzzle, you know, or do you want to sit and read a book or whatever? Um, giving them sort of limited options can be can be sort of gives them that sense of control without them being overwhelmed by too much choice. But yeah. giving them that ability to just be like, that's what I want to do. This is this is this is me for for now. And then almost going with that. So if they say, okay, well, we want to do, um, you know, a game and you can, you can bring some counting into that and you can, and once you're doing a shared activity, the conversation flows a lot more. So you can talk to them about what they were doing at school and, you know, and then you can build on that or reinforce some of the learning from school because what you don't want to do is sort of um, contradict anything school saying, but also get them too far ahead on something when they're not, particularly adept at something else so you know making sure that that kind of playing a game together and just having that easy conversation about their day um that comes a lot lot freer you know if you get a kid back from school and you go what did you do today you often get them not much (laughs) i get it's the secret (laughs) so it's it's hard to get sort of when it feels like a q a they they tend to clam up whereas when you're playing a game together or doing a shared activity like getting tea ready or something they talk more freely so you're then able to build on the stuff that they've done at school or have an idea about what they're doing so you know where to pitch 
some of the yeah. activities that you do with them. But absolutely, once they get home from school, they just need they need a bit of a, a sort of a veg and a and a just a, a decompress. So a bit of downtime. Yeah. I also think it's really important to look at how different your children are because yeah. I think, you know, it's not one size fits all. I mean, I have no. got two very, you know, three very different children. I mean, it, it, Luna sat and played with the Osmo for hours and absolutely loved it. My son, Kit, wants to charge around and pretend that he's Zog the Dragon outside whilst headbutting any sort of wall or hedge. And that's just where he, that's just where he's at. And obviously he's, he's a lot younger. He's only two and a half. But I, I remember being at school and, and almost being forced into a box of you know academia and science and maths and it just wasn't I was an English and drama and sports girl and I think I think if I'm going to give my kids anything it's the ability to be able to turn around to me and say do you know what obviously learning the basics and 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 educating them and giving them that chance of course but also looking at what that child is really interested in and what their loves are and what their passions are yeah absolutely and and I think the 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 role of a parent in a lot of this is to help celebrate and champion their strengths and help them find coping strategies to deal with their challenges so that you're you're not trying to get you know that you've seen the picture where you've got you know if you if you ask everybody to to climb a tree and some people will always be stupid you've got a fish and a monkey and and an elephant and stuff and obviously the monkey climbs a tree really easily but the fish has other skills and I think and and especially and it it drives me nuts with the the sort of the special needs labeling and and it's seen as um as something that's less than and i think there's a it's a it, they call it a deficit model and i prefer it's different it's not worse yeah. Yeah. and i think everybody, every child is is individual and every child has strengths and weaknesses preferences things that they enjoy things they don't they have different concentration spans they have different home environments all of that's going to make them individual and recognizing that and celebrating it and helping them navigate the world with those you know with acknowledging things that they're good at and celebrating that whilst helping them giving them that sort of uh, the skills to to try and um like I say get to the at least get to sort of a a sustainable level with everything that they need to know is is really important and and again play and educational play particularly is is one of the ways to do that because it just feels a lot less there's a lot less battles it's a lot less stressful for everybody so yeah that I'm a you know absolute advocate of learning through play but then yeah. if you let the children choose you will soon find out where their preferences yeah. are where their things are yeah. and all of that yeah, and and watching your child and making sure that they're happy doing what they're doing. I mean, yeah, sometimes, I, sure. sometimes I force Luna to go to her swimming lessons on Saturday morning, and obviously you, know, you need to be a good swimmer in life for many reasons. But she hates it. <laughs> She's like, the, the pool's cold. I don't enjoy it. And I'm like, no, 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 come on, come on. And I, the other day I thought, I don't know if I'm going to take her back to this particular swimming lesson because she just every time she just cries the entire time. It's like an hour of crying, and I'm like. I'm obviously, she's obviously not enjoying it. Am I one of am I one of those parents that's kind of trying to force her into doing something that she doesn't want to do? There's a fine line, isn't there, with there arming, arming your children with the skill set that they need to get through life, but also kind of punishing them in a freezing cold pool. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I feel, Luna? Because I feel exactly like that. There's um there's a couple of swimming lessons at the moment where they. they the uh, teachers don't want to get into the pool because of COVID with the children. So they want the parents to get in with them. And I'm like, well, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not getting, I'm not getting in the pool. No way. You must be no joking. No but way. we expect our children to, to get in. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of cold pool water is fine, isn't it, Amanda? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, it's, it's a kind of 
cost benefit analysis, isn't it? If it's something like a life skill that could potentially save their life, like swimming, then, you know, you're prepared to kind of struggle a little bit to get them to do it in the same way that, you know, if they didn't like school, you wouldn't just say, oh, well, we won't bother with that. But if it's, you know, it's an art class or a football club or a, you know, something that is less um, fundamental to their sort of later survival skills, you would probably just go, look, it's not, it's just a battle I don't need to have at the moment. And, you know, yeah. it may be the same, same with the swimming, you know, maybe that particular pool, that particular class isn't, isn't right. That particular time and, and everything else isn't right for her. So maybe, you know, can it for for six months try and make it fun again take it to some places with water where it's you know more of a fun session get a liking yeah. being in the water again yeah. and then and then look at restarting in six months time they don't have to do everything you know immediately so yeah good advice that's very good Agreed. advice and just just um to sort of wrap things up um i read an article in the telegraph back in 2012 showing the brain of two three-year-olds I, i'm sure you've you've seen this study done before one of the children had been raised in a family um who was loved and nurtured and played with and lots of interaction lots of love the other was in a family uh, of kind of extreme neglect the brain size of the children from the child that was neglected was half the size smaller than the child who had lots of playing lots of interacting you see something like that and obviously it's an extreme example but you see something like or you hear something like that and you see it I mean I saw the, the brain size it was unbelievable and you realize that you know you really do have to get that side of it right that there has to be obviously the balance between spending time with your children teaching them stuff and getting it right and there isn't a manual I mean and there's all these the, the, all the books out there about how to raise your children but yeah they don't the kids don't follow the manual do they so or there no. isn't a, a, definitive, a, a definitive guide and that's where I feel like it's really important to trust to empower parents and then to trust parents because I think nobody knows your kids like you do. Yeah. If, you're, sure. if you're, if you make sure that you're emotionally, you know, grounded and you're not reacting from a place of stress or exhaustion or frustration or whatever. And if you're, if you're emotionally available to them, then I think you are really well placed to understand your children, what they need. And you know, whether the cry is a I'm bored or a I'm, you know, I'm in pain or, I'm hungry or whatever you know parents parents distinguish that cry from a very early age and I think as kids get more expressive you're you're more able to know them but nobody knows your kids like you do so I think being able to give parents that freedom to um, make sensible informed decisions but make them for their own children yeah yeah no totally. completely agree um Amanda thank you so much that was really thank brilliant I feel so like I've learned much. so much my pleasure so interesting really really fascinating yeah it is you know what I found really interesting as well and I think a lot of parents will relate to this is you know your child gets to maybe three or four and they're you know you're out with them somewhere and you realize that they actually don't play independently that often Mm. and listening to how how easy that becomes you know we do step in because if we've got time and we've got one child at home we you know you do want to play with them you do want to show them how to build a tower you do you know you do want to do all those things with them and actually helping them is by stepping back and letting them discover things on their own Um, and I mean brilliant because we get to go off and drink like a cup of tea or a sneaky glass of wine by ourselves yeah yeah, I completely agree with you. And that that was actually fascinating, wasn't it, to hear that, that, you know, checking yeah. it before first. I, I think as well, setting stuff up for them 
is yeah. a good tip. You know, if you just say to your child, oh, oh, look, go, you know, go and play, go and play. And then they walk into, if you've got a playroom or you've got, you know, just started a sitting room, whatever it is, and they've got all these toys, they don't know where to start. So I think if you set yeah. them up with something and then say, look, mummy, daddy's just going to go into the kitchen to do the washing up or whatever it is, and then come back and check on them, that's an easier way of getting them, getting them into it without them realising. Yeah, definitely. I think I've I've noticed at school when we drop Axel off now, um, obviously we're not allowed to go into the playground, but they have their own little reception playground. And so I think the gates open at like 20 to 9 or whatever, but the register isn't called until 5 past 9. So they've got 25 minutes of free play in the playground before they go in. And there's always little things set up for them. And sometimes I'll look through the gate and I'll see like things that I would never do at home. Like, I don't know, like there's pieces of string with beads to put on. I, I don't do that at home. I don't have anything like that at home. So I've never known that Axel would sit down and do that kind of thing. But he does, you know, he'll walk over and start doing that. So it's, it's even really, really simple things. Just stuff like that that you wouldn't even think was an activity. And yeah. it is. And they really yeah. love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and again, for the little ones, we've, we've done previous podcasts on this, but even just putting like a um, pasta in like a Tupperware and then having another Tupperware next to it, and then they can just pull the pasta out. You know, obviously this is for babies. Put the pasta in yeah. the other Tupperware, then put it back into the other one, other one, other. They just, they love the repetition. It gets yeah. slightly more challenging because Luna's not going to sit down there and, you know, transfer a load of pasta between Tupperwares. No. But... <laughs> neither, I mean, neither will Axel. He'd probably no. just chuck it, chuck it at the wall. So yeah, loads of really great tips. Really hope you enjoyed that podcast. As always, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe. And obviously, please do tell um, your mum, dad mates all about us so we can spread the made by mama's word. Yeah, please do. And if you do see anyone um, pop up on your Instagram that you think would be great for the podcast, please do tag us in their posts because then they'll see it and obviously we'll see it as well. And hopefully we can make it happen. Yeah, somebody messaged us about Mrs. Hinch actually um, yesterday saying, please, can you get Mrs. Hinch on the podcast? We are trying we would absolutely love her as a guest so any other suggestions much appreciated uh, as always you can send us a message as well at made by mamas or you can drop me a line directly at zoe hardman and we'll see you on friday see you then flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.